Attention SLPs and OTs with existing private practices. Are you ready to level up your private practice and your life and make this your breakthrough year? If so, join us for Make More in 2024, a free training offered on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern to discover how to shift from clinician to CEO. During the training, we'll talk about the importance of maximizing your income, adding revenue streams, setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. I first got to know Teresa Harp a few years ago when she joined the Grow Your Private Practice program. She's a speech-language pathologist and private practice owner in New Jersey who specializes in working with children with hearing loss. She also has four children of her own, so she's a busy, busy mom. During the pandemic, like many of us, she decided to make some changes in her life. This included scaling back her private practice and opening a second business as a time management coach through her new company, The Time Tamers. And many of her clients are private practitioners. Teresa is a great example of someone who has reinvented themselves and allowed herself to be open to following different paths in her professional career. Whether you struggle with time management, are a parent, or are curious about what adding a coaching business could look like, you are in for a treat. Enjoy! I'm Jenna Castro-Casbon, speech-language pathologist, business coach, and creator of the Start Your Private Practice system. And I'm on a mission to turn stuck SLPs into successful private practitioners. If you're tired of dealing with high productivity requirements, high caseload sizes, and low pay, it's time to take control of your professional, personal, and financial life and finally get the freedom, flexibility, and financial abundance that you deserve by working with private clients in your own practice. Join me here each week as I share tips, best practices, and inspirational interviews on the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. If you're a private practitioner or one in the making, you're in the right place, so let's get started. All right, so before we dive in, can you please share your name, your location, and the name of your businesses? All right, my name is Teresa Harp, and I am located in central New Jersey, and I own two businesses. One is a uh, private practice. The name of that practice is called Sound Speech, and the other business I own is called The Time Tamers. So I am so excited to get into this interview. Uh, Teresa and I have known each other for a number of years, and um, but since that time, you've developed this whole other wing of your business. And so I'm really excited to introduce our listeners to you as a private practitioner and also as a coach. So let's go back in time, first of all, to your early days as a speech pathologist. And so describe that and then talk about how you started to shift into private practice. I always felt like I would wind up in private practice. I think I was always interested in hearing loss and working with individuals with hearing loss. It just sort of, it, it interested me and it fascinated me, the science and then the play that you could kind of combine both of that. And so I knew my 
my niche was going to be hearing loss. And then private practice was always appealing to me. So after I graduated, I, uh, after I got my master's, I worked for five years first in a private practice that specialized in kids with hearing loss. So that was a fabulous learning experience for obvious reasons. And then after that, I came back, that was in DC. And then I came back up to New Jersey and did early intervention. And I actually stayed doing that longer than I thought I would. I kind of was like, I want to just get out on my own and do my own thing. But I, I loved that job. So what I decided to do was set up the business. And so that way, when the time was right, you know, use that term loosely, but when the time was right, I felt like everything would be there ready for me to go. And all I would have to do is show up. I love that plan. And I love, I know that you're a planner, right? So it's not surprising to me that you made a a cool plan um, like that. And so how long did did it take you to kind of, you know, in your career to start that private practice? So that was... Let's see. That was about five years. I, I set up the business about five years after I graduated. And then what I did was that was, in, I, I saw a few kids on the side under the, under the business, under sound speech, but it, I knew it was not, it was just like, I'm just going to keep my keep, get my feet wet and, and get acquainted to this whole business thing. But I knew that we were going to start a family, my husband and I. So I didn't really want to go full throttle because I anticipated that very soon there was going to be this transition or this period of change in our lives. So I had my uh, set of twins in at the end of 2015. So from like 2014 to 2015, it was just here and there, a couple of cases. I decided after I had the the twins that I wasn't going to go back to the job that I had left. To me, it just felt like the natural progression or this like natural transition where then I was going to be able to set my own schedule, set my own hours. And so after the twins got a little bit older, I slowly started seeing more and more kids, you know, through my practice, through sound speech. And then that was originally I started out of our out of our house. We have like a back entrance, a rear entrance, and I would just see a few kids that would come in the back. And we had that whole place kind of sectioned off that that area was sectioned off for, for sessions. But I knew that wasn't what I wanted to do full term. So I began looking for a brick and mortar, an office. And I actually got the office in 20, what was it? I think it was 2017. And I, I, by then had a third, I had my third girl at that point. Um, so I kind of like waited, she was a few months old and that's when I started moving into the office and shifted to all of my cases there, which I loved. I loved being in an office setting, working on my own, having like a place separate from home, you know, it just, it felt, it was a good fit for me. Love that. And I, I'm hearing more and more people say that lately, just that having that separation, right? Like a place that you go to that you can close the door. And that's one of the, the joys of having a brick and mortar. There's lots of, you know, there's pros and cons of having brick and mortar locations. But one of the pros really is to be able to kind of close that door and, you know, leave work at work a little bit easier, right? One of the things that you said that I, I thought our listeners might be interested in is, you know, a lot of speech pathologists go into the field in air quotes, for the flexibility, 
right? That you know, there's this idea that the field of speech pathology is a very flexible profession. And then sometimes people get into it and they realize <laughs> it's maybe not as flexible as they were led to believe, especially people who want to start families. So could you talk a little bit more about your decision to be in private practice, especially while your children, your anticipation of having kids, and then while your kids were little? To me, flexibility is so, well, number one, it's so relative. And number two, I firmly believe that it can be as flexible as you want it to be. So it's such a, our field where we're just, we're so lucky that we are in a field where if you want to have that flexibility, there is a way to do it. You just have to figure out how to create it. And I knew, luckily, I mean, I know that there are financial, you know, people have certain financial constraints. And luckily at that point in time, I knew that we were going to be taking, I was going to be taking a decrease in salary anyway, because I was having the kids. So I wasn't going to go back right away to my full-time job. So luckily we had prepared for that. We had saved and I had a little bit of a cushion where I could have that quote unquote flex flexibility um, because we had, we had budgeted for that. And I just think that, you know, regardless of whatever setting you're in, I see this all the time in the Facebook groups, people will post about, you know, really, if you're in a school setting, the really, really heavy caseloads. And then I'll see private practice owners talking about like just having to work around the clock. Like you just have to come home and do work and you're always on as the business owner. And I would challenge that actually and say, if you really, if that's not working for you, you do have the control to change that. You can do something about it. So that's my take on it. And I love that. And I think that you're absolutely right. You know, sometimes um, we're not that good at setting boundaries, right? And sometimes it's setting boundaries with other people. Sometimes it's setting boundaries with ourselves. But I, I think that you like, you know, when it comes to, you know, uh, being in a profession, like being in a school, for example, I think one of the things that really leads to burnout that I hear all the time is just, you know, people just don't have control, right? You know, when they're in in the school, you know, you've got, you know, administrators, you've got caseloads, you've got all, you know, meetings and IEPs and all these kind of other things that, that you don't really get to control all of those things. So that's one of the reasons why I feel like more and more people are moving into private practice is because they want that control, right? They want to take back that control of their schedule, of, you know, what kinds of clients they see, you know, I know that you have a more specialized private practice. And I think there's also probably some listeners who are, you know, curious about that. Can you talk about having a more specialty-based private practice? Sure. I love having, having a niche of hearing loss. I think that I decided to adjust my expectations early on in terms of growth, because number one, I knew I only wanted to take on kids with hearing loss. So I passed up many, many cases that would call and ask for services. It wasn't what I wanted to do. And I wanted to stay true to that interest, that passion. So I passed on the ones that weren't right for me. And I really held out and stuck to building my name and building connections and really getting, you know, really like putting myself into that world, the world of hearing loss here in New Jersey. And I'm so happy that I stuck to that and that I waited it out. I also am private pay. And so there were times throughout, there have been times throughout my practice where I will kind of think about that and say, should I take insurance? Should I not take insurance? 
And I know, I know this is a question that we all face as private practice owners and there's pros and cons to both. For me, I feel that the right decision has been to stay private pay. It works for me. And I knew that I didn't want to grow so, so big, especially right away. I was thinking when the kids were older, it, it could be okay to, to have a bigger practice, but I really wanted, you know, talk about setting boundaries. I really wanted to have some boundaries between work and family. So I, I decided to stay small for a little while and um, I'm really happy that I did it. It was taking back that control again, right? It's like you can control how, how big you grow. And if you say yes to cases or if you pass on them, if they're not in your nature or if you're just not looking to grow, right? And so I think, again, that's really what people are looking for is to have more control over their time, over their schedule, over how they're spending their time and those kind of other things. So at some point, you decided to also transition into doing some coaching. Can you talk about what that has been like for you? Yes. So let's see, fast forward to COVID, right? So March, 2020, at that point, I had four kids and they were... I had, the twins were four and Riley was two. And then I had a three month old or four month old at that point. So it, like take COVID out of the equation. It was already very busy. <laughs> we'll say busy. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. I was just starting to get back into my practice right when like I was just coming out of, like out of my maternity leave and um, went back in to work. And then that's when everything shut down. So at this point, I was still like nothing else was on my radar. I was still focused on sound speech and I shifted to virtual and actually I've never gone back to in-person. I've stayed virtual this whole time. But what I did was I stayed virtual for like that first year and I started getting really, I started feeling anxious. I started feeling uh, burnout, you could say. and. I just wasn't feeling the passion for it like I used to. Like for me, before going, when I would go to work, I would leave, you know, leave the kids, go to work. And I felt free and I felt like I love my kids, but I just felt like, okay, like I can have adult conversations and I can be, you know, I can have this other side of myself, of my life, of my identity, all of that. So I loved going to work. And now we were home, so no one was going to work, but I would like go upstairs and I'll kind of, you know, section off my area and try to like be, okay, I'm speech therapist now. And I just started really taking a toll, but I wasn't sure if I was feeling this way because of what was going on in the world, COVID and being home with four kids and a husband and a dog and all of that. Or if it was like something was actually like happening, stirring up inside of me. So fast forward to May or spring of, I guess a year later, spring of 2021, I said, at that point, I, I, I enrolled in a business program at Rutgers University. And the business program was all about how to grow your business. So I signed up and I was, you know, okay, I'm going to figure out how I'm going to grow sound speech. And one of the first assignments that they have you do is you write a, an obituary for your business, which I had never done. Yeah. So I, I was like, okay. So I started writing an obituary. And the, you know, the way that I took it was 
um, okay, let's imagine it's 20 years from now. And this is when I probably would stop working or slowly reti- retired. Um, so what do I want the business? What was going to happen in the business from this point until, you know, the next, throughout the next 20 years. And I was writing things like, you know, I'd be hiring therapists and I become multidisciplinary and we'd be starting training programs for other SLPs who wanted to learn about hearing loss. And as I was writing it, I just wasn't getting that excitement that I used to have when I was picturing those things. It like just wasn't, something was off. So I had to really start thinking about like, what's going on here? And then I remember like I was losing sleep and I was just feeling like, well, but what am I, what am I going to do? Like I only, I went to school to do speech and I've only, I just had tunnel vision, right? I mean, we just kind of all have this vision of what we think life is going to be like, especially for me as a planner, as you say. So I really struggled with that. I started asking people, like, how would you describe me? Like, what am I good at? What are my strengths? I was doing like brain dump lists of, you know, what else would I, could I picture myself doing? And, but I I started like slowly seeing things that kind of kept up, kept coming up with coaching. And I was like, okay, yeah. I could see myself doing that. And, you know, it's all about personal development, setting goals, really pushing yourself, pushing others, working with people and helping to, you know, affect change. So there is a lot of carryover there between speech and coaching in many ways. But I was scared because I was like, this is, this is, this is not part of the plan. So I remember taking my third to um, my daughter, Riley, to speech. She needed speech. So I remember sitting in the um, waiting room and I was like, I just need, I had been saying, I need a sign. I need to know, like, is this really the right thing to do? And I don't know, you know, I know some people may not believe in all this stuff, but I was sitting in the waiting room and I looked over and there was a bookshelf in the corner of the room. And on the bookshelf, there was that book. There was this book that I looked at it and it was Oh gosh, I should remember the title. What color is your parachute? Oh yeah. It's uh-huh. right, right? Yep. Uh-huh. And I was like, huh. So I had recognized the title and I picked it up and it was, you know, that book is all about like change and career career change specifically and how you figure out what you want to do. And it's like, yes, this is it. So <laughs> I just decided I'm gonna, I'm just gonna pursue this. I'm gonna see what happens. So that's sort of how it how how I got there. That was um like summer or fall of 2021. Yeah. It was around summer, late summer of 2021. I signed up for a coaching program to become certified. And well, really at that point it was like, I just need to learn. Like I need to see this, see what it's all about and see if this is truly something I want to do. Signed up for the coaching program and I was like, this is it. This is exactly what I want to be doing. And I, I think that, you know, during the pandemic, all of us have been doing soul searching, right? And it's like, you know, what do we, what do we want to do? What are we willing to go back to, you know, reassessing the goals, right? Just like you said, you know, all of a sudden you were looking 20 years in the future and you're like, I actually don't think I want to do that stuff anymore. Right. And so, and I think especially SLPs have a hard time when that starts to happen because we feel only qualified to do one thing, right? Like, I don't know if you're in any of the you know, SLP transition groups, alternative career yes. groups on Facebook yes. groups. 
right? For any of you who don't know about this, there's a whole bunch of Facebook groups that are geared toward SLPs who are either leaving the profession or considering leaving to get support and that kind of other stuff. And, you know, sometimes those people end up starting private practices and other people are like, no, I don't want anything to do with this profession. <laughs> I need to do, you know, something else, right? And so, you know, tell us a little bit more about, you know, your experience learning to become a coach and who also in who you're coaching. Yeah. So uh, humbling is the first word that comes to mind. <laughs> the experience was very humbling. So I've been doing speech for, I don't know, it's 12, 13 years at that point. And I had worked really hard to establish myself as an authority and to learn as much as I could. And now I was the opposite of that. I had to learn. It felt like starting from scratch. It felt like I was in like groups of people who knew all these things about something that I didn't even know I wanted to know about. So it was, it was uncomfortable. It was humbling. It was a little bit scary, but it was also really exciting because like once I got over that fear of like inadequacy, I could start to really open myself up and learn. The other thing that was floating through my head was what do I do about sound speech? Because I mean, that was like my baby. That was like my thing that I had spent so much time and, and attention and effort and really enjoyed. So I kept my office. I actually just now, just last weekend, uh, which is what end of February, 2022 time is time is like so strange right now. It's really hard to figure out like what month are we in? What year is it? All of it. But I just moved out of my office last weekend. So for for the whole, for two, almost two years of the pan, the first two years of the pandemic, it was, I kept that office, even though I wasn't seeing anyone there. And once I, once I was like really getting into coaching, I was like, okay, is does this mean if it, it kind of felt like a death, like it felt like grieving this like loss of sound speech. And then I just finally realized you don't have to be done with it. <laughs> you can keep sound speech. You can be a speech therapist as for as many hours as you want for as few hours as you want. So I, I had decreased my caseload, but I kept the ones that, that really fit into my schedule and did not stress me out. And, you know, that worked well for me and that I could really show up as a speech therapist for. And then I put, I was like, all right, I'm putting the rest of my eggs in this basket and I'm learning all about coaching. And my, my Rutgers coach who in that business program that I was in, they kept saying to me, I think that there's a connection here for you. There's a connection between speech and coaching. Like, I think that there's a way that you can combine these. And while I didn't disagree, I was just kind of like, no, they have to be, they have to be separate. Like, Speech is kids for me. And then coaching is adults. Like, how can you do that as they were really saying, like, just keep it under the same LLC. So I had to do a lot of research and soul searching on that one and ultimately decided separate business. And so I set that up and kind of like with sound speech, I set it up before I really knew what it was going to be before I really knew if I was ready. And I, I set that up and lo and behold, I now have the majority of my coaching clients are speech pathologists. 
I love that so much, right? Because now you're able to serve a population that you're also familiar with, right? It's no longer, you know, kids with hearing loss. <laughs> it's adult speech pathologists who, you know, like, you know, you are one and you know, the kinds of things that we are, you know, going through and, and whatnot. And so, you know, within the, you know, w- within your, your coaching practice, what kinds of things are you helping people with? A lot of what, so I focus on time management. I'll start there. And I, I mean, I had to get super good, incredibly good at time management during, of course, after having kids, but especially with COVID for kids and a business and, you know, you just had to get really, really good at it. And I also got really interested in it in terms of learning about the science, the neuroscience behind it and executive function skill, you know, skills. I was always interested in the neuro piece of it. So there's that there's the, the, a lot of what we focus on is the time management stuff. But what I was, what I was learning as I started my coaching courses to become certified was that it's not about the strategies. It's about the mindset that go beneath the strategies. It's about the thoughts that, that you have running through your head um, and I'll give you an example. This became clear with a um, client who I had, not a speech therapist, but a coaching client who I was working with. She's a mom. She, one of the things she wanted to prioritize was her health. And specifically, she really wanted coaching on how she could make time to meal prep and how she could make time to move her body in the day with her kids, you know, while having young kids. So of course, me, I go like, right, I'm like action oriented. So I go right to strategy. I'm like, okay, what are, you wake up earlier if you're a morning person or can you batch your meal planning so that you're doing it, you know, in chunks? Can you do your exercise like with your kids, incorporating your exercise with your kids? So I was giving her all these strategies and she was coming back and coming back and it just wasn't working. Like she just wasn't able to incorporate them. And I started, you know, started digging and realized very, very quickly as we kind of started asking the right questions, what came out of it was she didn't feel like she was a priority. Like she didn't, she felt like when she was making herself do those things, it was taking away time from her kids. And so she felt guilty. And so given the choice between doing something with the kids or, you know, prepping her meals, she was doing stuff with the kids. And I think all moms can relate to that. Right. I mean, we just, we all struggle with that. So it it was like a aha moment for me that this is not really about the strategy. It's about the thoughts that you have, recognizing the thoughts, changing them because you can change your thoughts. You change your thoughts, you change your feelings, you change your feelings, you change your actions, and you get these results. Well, and that's absolutely right. And sometimes, you know, we need someone else to help us have those insights, right? Like, you know, sometimes, you know, we can have these, you know, kind of aha moments on our own, but it happens, you know, a lot faster and better a lot of times when you're talking to someone who has a background, you know, in coaching or in consulting or in, you know, something else where they are like used to working people through a certain, you know, strategy and asking the right questions, I think is a huge part of that. And so, you know, again, as someone who, you know, with four kids and and I know that you're also, you know, a very organized person. So that time management also, I would think comes 
at least somewhat naturally to you, maybe very naturally to you, right? So that being able to transfer, you know, not only some of the strategies, but the mindset stuff to other people, that sounds like a fantastic way that you're now, you know, moving in a new direction with your business. Yeah, it's fun. It's really fun. It's like giving me energy and I love to learn. I love behavior, you know, as someone in speech, I love learning all about behavior and changing behavior. And now I get to do it with adults and I get to do it with adults who are similar to me. They're, they're all business owners. The women that I work with and men, I do have, I do have a client actually, and he's an SLP. It's like, wow, (laughs) the one. Um, (laughs) So it's interesting too, because I love business and I love business development. And so by knowing the business, I, I'm familiar with the challenges that we face as business owners. As a parent, I'm familiar with that struggle of work, life, work, family, balance. I don't really use that word too much. I kind of think of it as harmony, but I get it. I'm living it now. And I think what, you know, I think what I noticed, the biggest shift in me has been recognizing how our thoughts really are the piece that make the difference for us. And I notice that this shift has happened because as I'm in many of our speech Facebook groups and listening to the reading, the questions and the challenges that people have, I'm like, I have a whole new perspective about what you can do to try and change the issue that you're having. I remember reading a post recently. It was about an SLP who had hired a new therapist, her first hire. And she was trying to, she was asking about how to get families to feel comfortable with the new hire so that she could shift her caseload over. And so I, you know, for many of us that have teams, you go through that, we can all relate. Many of us can relate at least. And so everyone was coming back with strategy. And while strategy is important, that's certainly one piece of the puzzle. No one was really talking about the mindset and what the families needed to be thinking and what the families needed to be feeling. The families needed to see her as a competent, competent therapist. And the new hire needed to step into that role as well. And so, you know, just thinking about how you can change the thoughts to get the result that you're looking for. It was just, it's just so fascinating to me. And I love that I get to help other SLPs do the same thing. Well, another thing that you're saying that has also is always interesting to me is sometimes the, in these Facebook groups in particular, sometimes the question that people are asking, like, isn't the real question, right? Or isn't the real problem. And so I think that's one of the cool things that, that also happens with coaching is that, you know, sometimes people ask a question or they think that they're struggling with one thing, but like you said earlier, they're really struggling with something, you know, either different or deeper than the question really indicates, right? And so I think that that's also a really cool thing that you're able to provide, you know, insight, you know, to people um, and whatnot. Um, Before we wrap up, is there anything that we haven't talked about yet that you would love to touch on in terms of either private practice or, you know, um, reinventing yourself in your business or, or coaching or anything else? Oh, sure. Okay. So I think that if I could say a couple things, just to add a couple things, um, in addition to what we talked about, 
would be as as SLPs, we tend to be, and I know this is a this is kind of like a generalization, but many of us tend to be very type A often, or we are we're very driven, high achievers, a lot of that. And I think that what I encourage our colleagues to do is really look at that and and just make sure that it is serving you, that that is serving you, and then that's benefiting you. And if it's not, you can change it. You can absolutely change it. And it's okay. You know, I always say it's, it's about progress. It's not about perfection. And I, I just, I really do feel that I've had to, I still have to work on that myself a lot and just not being afraid to make mistakes, not being afraid, not worrying about like, is this going to work out? Is this going to be how I think it's going to be? getting over that fear or just doing it, just doing what you're afraid of and and not waiting because you never know what's going to happen. And the only way that you can learn is through making mistakes. So stop being afraid of it and just do it. Just figure it out. Do it messy, figure it out as you go and hire a coach to help you because, oh my gosh, I hired my coach and it was like, it's just been the best investment that I've made in myself. Um, I'm just achieving, I'm just doing things that I never would have done before. And I wish I did it way sooner. So hire a coach. Absolutely. I love that. And for anyone who's listening, who's like, yeah, I'd actually like to hire her. (laughs) Where can people (laughs) find out more about you and your coaching and your practice? Sure. So you can find if you're interested in the speech piece of me, the speech side of me, you can find more information at that website. And that web address is www.soundspeechnj.com. And if you're interested in coaching or learning more, just learning more about what I have to offer and if this could be a good fit for you, you can find more information on that website. It's called www thetimetamers.com. And you can also, I do have a Facebook group that's all about time management and just work-life harmony, all those types of things that we talked about today. So you can find that uh, the Facebook group is called The Time Tamers. And last but not least, I have a podcast, which I'm loving. I feel like it's so it's so apropos for an SLP. I just get to talk. It's just so fun. So the name of the podcast is the Time Tamers Podcast, and you can find it on any podcast platform. It was so much fun to reconnect. And I, you know, I just love sharing different stories on the podcast, right? Anyone who's listened to this, these episodes for, you know, we're at, I think we're about 166 or so episodes, oh. you know, into this whole thing. But, you know, there's just so many different stories. There's so many different people who have started their private practices for different reasons. Their private practices look different. And sometimes people start, you know, other businesses, either, you know, in addition to their practice or, you know, any number of other things. Right. So, you know, I really think of this whole thing like a choose your own adventure. And it's okay to change your adventure or to choose a different adventure, even when your adventure is underway. Right. Absolutely. 100%. Never would have thought I'd be here doing this now. And, you know, talk about flexibility, going back to what we talked about earlier. 
that is the perfect example of flexibility in this field is that you can do so many things with this. And as a business owner, you can take all of that knowledge and experience with you and use it to do absolutely whatever you want. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story, Teresa. Thank you for for being on and for connecting with our listeners and just showing people that there's a lot of different possibilities. And I'm just so you know, happy for you that you were able to find something, you know, not only, you know, the first thing that worked out for you for a very long time, but now a second thing that has worked out for you. And I can't wait to see what you do with it. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Isn't Teresa amazing? As I mentioned, I got to know Teresa when she was in the Grow Your Private Practice program. She grew her practice to her desired level and then decided to change things up a bit which I really admire her for. People with young kids can attest that having a flexible schedule is really, really important. So Teresa created a life and a career that she loves, focusing on both children with hearing loss and business owners who need help with time management. The Grow Your Private Practice program is for SLPs and OTs who have small practices that they are looking to grow. Most of our members are at the point where they're ready to quit their job or jobs and go full-time and grow their private practices. We help with things like advanced marketing strategies, hiring, understanding your finances, and more. There is a brief application process to make sure that we can help you. To learn more, visit growyourprivatepractice.com. As always, thank you for listening, and I'll be back next week with more information about how you can start, grow, and scale your own private practice. Till then. So now that you've started your private practice and are ready to grow it, you may find yourself with one of two problems. Either you don't have enough clients and you're frustrated with your marketing efforts, or you have too many clients and you've maxed out your personal caseload and are thinking about hiring. Either way, you might feel stuck. Growing a private practice is harder than starting one. Well, at least it used to be. First, I made starting a private practice as easy as possible, and now I'm helping growth-focused private practitioners grow their client base, grow their income, grow their team, and set up systems to scale in my completely rebuilt and revamped six-month program called the Grow Your Private Practice Coaching Program. If you need help from me and my team to increase your income and your impact, visit growyourprivatepractice.com to learn more. Well, this episode might be over, but we don't have to say goodbye. Head on over to independentclinician.com for resources that will help you at each stage of your private practice journey. If you're on Instagram, let's connect. Follow me and send me a DM. I'm at independent clinician. And if you're on Facebook, make sure that you join the SLP and OT private practice beginners Facebook group. All right, off to help more regular SLPs and OTs become successful private practitioners. Let me know if I can help you too.